God, this looks like the town the time forgot. Yeah. I think we were in school together. I would introduce you, but I forget the name. Welcome to Karate Kid 2 Minutes, a podcast where we discuss the Karate Kid Part 2, two tough minutes at a time. I'm Robin. I'm Matt. And joining us today from 5 Minutes of Mystery, welcome back, Dave. Hey, man. We're, hey. We're, we're, I'm excited. We're in the dojo. We're, we're learning all. I, 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 we, got, we got Daniel here, and he's got, he's, got the, he's, got the, he's got the drum. I'm just excited to see that. <laughs> and also coming back from Dazed and Confused 33 and a third is Jarf. Welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Uh, welcome to our dojo here. <laughs> uh, today we are talking about minutes 38 to 40 of the Karate Kid Part 2, where they begin with some foreboding talk and ends with some exposition. Uh, we're left off, we left off on Friday with uh, Miyagi telling Daniel that the hand drum he's holding was the secret to Miyagi family karate, and Daniel says he doesn't get it. <laughs> and Miyagi says, practice and you will. Um, but now we come to my next Star Wars reference. <laughs> Here we go. Well, Miyagi says practice and you will, and he kind of like says it like offhandedly, but I, I'm remembering Yoda and empire where he goes from funny Muppet to scary teacher. Like, yeah. and Luke's like, I'm not afraid. And he's like, you will be, mm. you will be. That legit scared me when I was a kid. <laughs> and I think if you like read this line from Miyagi, which I did, I was just like, like, yeah, of course he's going to learn the secret and it's, and it's going to be during a death match at the end of the movie. Yeah. Like, look out. <laughs> um, then Daniel <laughs> Jersey Dan here, uh, makes his way to the scrolls hanging in the dojo. And he's like, what are these things? <laughs> <laughs> like, Nothing gets by you, Danny. <laughs> Again, like the weird way that Daniel sometimes, like he doesn't see these scrolls with Japanese kanji on them. He's like, what do these say? He's like, what are these things? (laughs) (laughs) He's not the most like uh, observant or sensitive kid sometimes. Yeah, it's weird. And it's Uh, also just the most basic writing where they, they have some information that they want to give the audience right and so they just say okay we'll have this character walk into the scene and say can you explain this to me and then they'll <laughs> say ah yes this means that yeah this this entire week pretty much is miyagi telling daniel some stuff daniel telling miyagi some stuff <laughs> so uh it's a real two-hander <laughs> mm-hmm. but um this is a famous moment in the movie where Miyagi describes the rules. Rule number one, karate for defense only. Rule number two, first rule, first learn rule number one. Um, and he, he, he phrases, it, phrases it as these are the rules to karate. He doesn't say this is Miyagi-Do family karate rules. This is, this is the rules to karate, which I actually typed into Google rules to karate. And a lot, a lot of different places have a lot of different rules. <laughs> so there's no like set upon rule that it, the very first one is karate is for defense only. I mean, that's what they taught me in, in any karate class I was ever in. But did they do it kind of like fight club? And it's like, <laughs> oh. now the second rule is karate <laughs> is for de- defense only. <laughs> no. <laughs> You do not Matt, talk you about think, karate. Did you did you get the impression in when they told that to you that it was because of honor 
or was it because of liability risk? Like they can't <laughs> yeah. just go teaching some teenagers some deadly fighting and then cut them loose onto mm. Serborbia or wherever. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it probably came from honor origi originally, but it morphed as it came over to North America. And uh, yeah, like uh, we don't want any litigation of any kind. Yeah. I have uh, some translations for you guys. Uh, unless Matt, do you know this, the what the banners say? I do not. Uh, I was well, hoping we would get these. Yeah. Well, the first one, which he reads on the right, says "E at Joe's." No, I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> it actually translates to, uh, and I apologize for the mispronunciation, but it's "Karate Musente," which translates to "Karate No First Punch." Uh, and then you go to the one on the left, which he says is a second role, and that translates to Sensei Goshen, uh, which actually means first have a sound mind. It doesn't say first learn rule number one. <laughs> Miyagi lied to us. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, and and uh, it, it, it kind of cracks me up because he reads those as that. And then we, if you think about it, you fast forward. 35 years to Cobra Kai. Daniel's got the same rules displayed in his dojo in the same order Mr. Miyagi had. Mm -hmm. And I actually went back to see if I could spot them and see if they were the same rules. And they are. Uh, and they're also in the same order because I was, I was really like, you know, it gets, I have to wrap my head around like to the way Japanese might read something might seem backwards to me, but yeah. <laughs> I read, like, I read lots of on the right. I read lots of manga, so I'm used to write, uh, reading right to left. Okay. <laughs> uh, it, and and yeah, when Daniel introduces the rules to Robbie, uh, I think in that first season, he reads them just like actually he starts reading them, and it kind of flashes back to Karate Kid too. And yeah. so you assume that he's he says the same things to Robbie. Um, but um, I went searching around to see where the banners like pop up in, on, on Cobra Kai later. And I found a, uh, I don't know if it was a screenshot or just like a promo picture of Daniel, like in the dojo for Miyagi-Do, like that they built, that he built in Mr. Miyagi's house in like the second season, I think. Um, and saw in that promo photo that the banners are reversed. <laughs> so, Ooh. yeah. Con controversy. Yeah. So, so I was, I, oh, I was horrified, right? So Daniel, th that promo photo is actually from a commercial that Daniel makes when he opens up Miyagi-Do and that Johnny finds when he's scrolling through YouTube. And uh, and I'm like, oh my God, did he move the rules from his own dojo and then put it in this new Miyagi-Do and hang him the wrong way? And I did go to Netflix and they're actually right. Like any other scene, they're in the right order. So for this commercial he does they're in the wrong order <laughs> hmm. so wonder i wonder if it was flipped maybe maybe yeah sometimes yeah, they do that kind of thing too. yeah i was playing with my phone trying to get google translate to try and read it it, it doesn't work i it, it cannot read that the screen <laughs> what you don't believe robin's translation i was just like i don't know no. i never got to use it before and i was like oh let me try it out and it perfect just, like, perfect it idea kept, yeah it kept saying first son and so I'm like, it must be confusing whatever the word rule and like son is. So I just kept saying first son, karate first son. And I was like, all right, like I, I, I clearly the phone can't read the, the screen well. 
would have well, been so, funny. It would have been funny if in Cobra Kai he was explaining it to Robbie. He's like, rule number one, cries for defense only. Rule number two, uh, I don't know what it says. Something about your mind. I don't know. Miyagi lied to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, is I, uh... it a lie? Because <laughs> it says first have a sound mind. Right. And, and we you we know Miyagi. You've you've been hanging out with him a minute at a time and now <laughs> two minutes at a time for a movie and a half. He he doesn't always like to say things in the most straightforward way. Yeah, he right. likes to, to say it with poetic license. And mm-hmm. so I think what he's saying is to him, having a sound mind means using karate in self-defense only because yeah. that's such a big theme in the movie. So... That's my interpretation, now yeah. that I know the definition. Yeah, Miyagi is definitely probably taking hundreds of years of tradition and being like, look, I'm gonna, I, I want to teach this kid, and I want to teach him in the, the way he will learn the quickest, because he's a, an adorable dope. And it's like, <laughs> these two banners, the point they're trying to get across is, we're not Cobra Kai, we're not Johnny Lawrence, we're not Kreese. Yeah. You know, we, we stand our ground and we, and we defend ourselves. We don't look at, we don't look for fights. Now, I think Daniel in Cobra Kai had those banners recreated, so he might have had some idea of what they were, because they're not the same banners as you see in the movie. Uh, and I noticed yeah. this specifically because there are some smaller kanji script that I don't know, has, has anybody translated? Yet I, I haven't able, wasn't able to find that anywhere. I mean, uh, Danny has to have tried, you know, learned Japanese by, by the time mm-hmm. he's like 50. Nope. Yeah. Really? Oh no! Like he needs he needs stuff trans translated for him in the latest season. So. Oh right, god, yeah. you're right. Which yeah. is like so funny. He's like, he, you know, even with the whole show, he wants to do international business. It's like, well, damn it, Danny. Like you know, Japan has a lot of car manufacturers. Like you gotta learn stuff, man. <laughs> well, that time that he went to Okinawa with Mr. Miyagi, everyone spoke English. So, because right. <laughs> you're next to a damn army base, an air force <laughs> base, like, oh man, yeah. All right, so now we have Miyagi and Daniel uh, walking out into the town, the the village of Tomi, village of Tomi, <laughs> Tomi village, uh, and Daniel remarks, uh, "This looks like a town that time forgot." And so, since we're walking through Tomi now. Uh, it's time for me to get into some production details. It's time for me to read stuff. <laughs> Here we <laughs> so go. I hope, hope you're entertained. Uh, first off, the dojo we're exiting. Um, a lot of interiors for films get built on sound stages. So um, they asked, there was an interview with Avildsen. He's like, oh no, I everything was built there. I tried to avoid stages. The dojo has a, a beautiful view of the water. It's it, That is the real thing. Um, and like I explained in earlier uh, episodes of our podcast, uh, they did scout uh, Okinawa, even Japan. Um, but unfortunately, like, you know, military bases uh, altered the local countryside so much that they were like, no, this is just not what we're looking for. Um, so they did settle on uh, Oahu, Hawaii, in an area called uh, Kahalu. <laughs> Try my best with that one. Uh, it's the northeastern area of the island uh, known as the Windward Side. Um, they were doing some aerial scouting in Hawaii and spotted 43 acres of property privately owned by a retired doctor 
and had been in his family uh, for generations. And the doctor and his daughter had refused numerous offers for commercial development and had uh, even formed a corporation to guarantee that that site is preserved. Um, now, Pat Morita, who visited Hawaii often and was actually a, a pretty popular favorite celebrity there, he often performed at fundraisers for the Hawaiian state senator, Duke Kawasaki, uh, and uh, is good, was good friends with Duke. That, that senator, as it turns out, was good friends with the doctor as well. And uh, another twist of fate is the doctor's daughter worked for the mayor of Honolulu, and the mayor wanted to encourage filmmakers to start coming to Hawaii and you know filming things there and put some money into Hawaii. So as a result, uh, the doctor and his daughter uh, gave permission for the crew to come and bulldoze some palm trees in a narrow strip of shoreline. And then over two months, build seven authentic replicas of Okinawan houses, uh, more than three acres of planted crops. Um, I even found a, a note in some of the production details that Greensman planted a bunch of like artificial rice and turnips and John Avildsen, the director was like, no, that's not authentic enough. And they literally went to other fields and you know crops uh, farmers and bought uh vegetables to replant <laughs> transplant them so to speak <laughs> to the tommy village uh uh set that's great yeah uh they put up pens for chicken and go chickens and goats they built that cannery on the seawall sea they built the helicopter landing pad um and that's on the area adjacent so you kind of see it across the way when you're when you stop at the helicopter pad, you can see the uh, the, the village behind it. Uh, they built the Shinto shrine where we're going to meet Ichiro. Ichiro. Uh, here's a quote from the production details. It said, uh, "It's talking about the Shinto shrine." Uh, before filming began on September 23rd, 1985, they had a Shinto ceremony led by a bishop who blessed the health and well-being of the cast and crew in an ancient ritual before an altar covered with offerings of sake, vegetables, fruits, and mochi, uh, ceremonial candles, and green sakaki branches with white paper streamers. After a traditional sip of sake, the blessing of the kami, uh, which is K-A-M-I, uh, it basically is like Shinto gods or spirits, uh, so the, the blessing was evoked for the success of the filming enterprise. And that's what they said. <laughs> mm. And, uh, speaking of authentic authenticity, they recruited 50 Okinawa born Hawaii residents as film extras. So you see them all roaming around in the background. Uh, I have some quotes here. Uh, Pat Morita, he says, I've been in films for the past 20 years, and it's not only the finest, it's the best. It's the most enormous setup ever had the personal pleasure of stepping foot on and working on it. Makes me feel like we're making a movie. <laughs> uh, Ralph says, because it was a different culture, I remember for Pat, there was such a feeling of pride that he carried every day. It was so important to him that a port the portrayal of that culture would be authentic and real. And Tamlin, who was a young girl and Okinawan, also had a great deal of pride for that as well. Uh, John Avelson says, it was delightful. The weather was great. The people couldn't have been better. It was a beautiful place. I'd never been there before, and I fell in love. It's, a great, it's great to go to Hawaii with people paying you. <laughs> <laughs> and final fun fact, today the site has been developed even more. 
There's only one house from Tomi Village set left. I think it's the Miyagi house. You can kind of see it on a like a movie ranch tour. Uh, they kept the helicopter pad. That is a functional helicopter pad. And I believe uh, somewhere along Miyagi and Daniel's Walk now stands a 7-Eleven. <laughs> no. Yeah. Can I find it on Google Maps uh, Street View? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'd have to. I'd have to look up the exact address. It's like. I'm gonna, a, I'm gonna like do a, that. I'm gonna look that up eventually. Okay. It's like a highway, uh, but it's a long name of the highway. It's like Kama Kamahuma. I, I I don't know what it is. <laughs> Uh, all right. So after all that, uh, let's go back to Mr. Miyagi and Daniel walking along the street and we see a woman walking by with a, uh, wheeling a TV set. Uh, thoughts? <laughs> well, I mean, there's also, I mean, there's also, uh, there's an old refrigerator, an old fifties refrigerator behind Mr. Miyagi oh, yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, what are you, what are you wondering about? She grew that TV set in her garden. <laughs> I just imagine. She's just reaping her crops. <laughs> I just imagine this community is so poor that that's like the town TV. They like wheel it around to each other's houses. <laughs> and also just seeing that and like knowing how off balance, like a big TV like that can be. I'm, I'm afraid it's going to tip off the wagon as she's walking along. Yeah. I wonder how many TVs uh, crashed and burned <laughs> during the filming of that, that scene. Right. Oh, I thought you just meant in the village in general, like <laughs> just off camera. There's just a big smoking pile of TVs. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I have to assume a lot of that stuff that they're getting, they're probably getting a second, third hand from like um, from like the main Okinawa town, like you know, the tourists mm -hmm. or like what the army base is throwing away. So they're like, all right, like, and I'm sure because of Sato, like there there is probably some electricity in the area because they're probably you know trying to develop it and power going to the army base so i'm sure like yeah. some houses have rudimentary like you know electricity that right. you know, some of these houses probably have a little bit of modernization in them um so yeah i assume one of them is like all right well this tv maybe it's like black and white it's got it's bad fuzzy but you know it's good enough for us we can, can watch uh you know maybe local news or i don't know maybe local musicals or something happy days <laughs> or yeah you're right yeah you know it probably is because yeah because the army base would probably have like you can probably get the reception there. Uh, this woman actually says something in Japanese to Miyagi, and uh, Mickey Yamashita translated that for us, and she says that she's saying, well, if it isn't Mr. Miyagi, it's been a while. <laughs> what, so. what, 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 like, what a thing to say. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, hang down, Mr. Miyagi. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like, you know, guys, the last time she saw him, he was like half his age. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she recognizes him. Probably a third of his age at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And Miyagi says, like, I think we went to the school today, but uh, school together. I would introduce you, but I forget I forget her name. Uh, so <laughs> Damn, poor lady. She, 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 she got his number though. Uh speaking of translations, another fun fact I found, or not so fun, kind of sad and tragic. Uh during the times when the characters are speaking in Japanese in the Spanish translation version of this movie, uh, it's translated into gibberish. Uh, basically, it's like Spanish people trying to sound Japanese, but just making a bunch of noises. Huh. Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. That, that really stings. I mean, I hate it just when I'm watching a movie and someone says something in a language other than English. and Because yeah. I all. I almost always watch with the closed captions. Yeah. Uh, and just because it's easier to, to catch details. 
and it'll just say speaks foreign language. And I'm like <laughs> specifying what foreign language it is. Am I might not allowed to know that. Yeah, am I not allowed to know what they're saying? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, Daniel mentions like, how come if this is a fishing village, I don't see anybody fishing? And I just want to yell back at the screen because you're on the street, Daniel. You're not walking along. <laughs> with I guess he's expecting someone to come by with a you know with a fishing reel or something or like or or a cart with like the local catch I guess is what he wants to say. Right. right. But no. But yeah. Good point. Good point. Point. <laughs> point. Robert. Maybe he was looking out at the water on the other side of Miyagi's house and and didn't see any boats or anything. I don't know. Because uh, then Miyagi explains like uh, that after the war, uh, Sato's father brought in big commercial fishing boats. And after two years, all the fish were gone. Uh, and uh, I was looking up what this could mean. And it looks like they're referring to super trawlers. Uh, have you guys heard of super trawlers before? Uh, no. No. They're, these are like huge ships that basically drag like an enormous net behind them, just scooping up tons of fish and marine life, uh, destroying entire ecosystems. Uh some of these nets at the on the back of these ships are so large they could carry, uh, according to my trivia, thirteen jumbo jets in them. That's how huge that. So basically, just wow. scoop out the entire harbor, just cheating everything out. Wow, isn't capitalism great? Yeah. <laughs> right. So between Kadena Air Base and Sato's father's uh, super trawlers, Tomi Village is barely at all what Miyagi must remember it as. It's pretty sad. Uh, but I did. I didn't think to myself like, "Oh, this is actually this actually helped the production." I'm sure because it puts less pressure on the crew to like create some sort of thriving community here. You know, it, it can look sad and desolate. Um, and we also yeah. see like fence work with barbed wire in the background, and kind oh, of implies yeah. that like they're bordered by the airbase. But it's probably because this is private property. <laughs> but but yeah, no, it plays well, and it does. It does have a very I mean, Mr. Miyagi's staying upbeat for how, like, you know, you, you come back to realize how, like, his town's been, like, just beaten up. Decimated, yeah. Uh, okay, so next up, uh, Miyagi points out Ichiru, uh, which, uh, and, and, and he's kind of glad that this is one person that hasn't actually changed since the old days. He's doing this, he's, he's in the same spot, playing the same tune. Um, and then Ichiro waves and says something in Japanese. And I just want to, uh, <laughs> I want to ask you guys, what do you think he's saying to Miyagi? <laughs> Cause, uh, I have it here. <laughs> oh, that's, that son of a bee is back. <laughs> <laughs> you coward. Uh, right. Well, I would, I would assume it's something with relating to your student or something, because I mean, he clearly has. A class of musical students he's he's teaching yeah so maybe he sees mr miyagi and he sees daniel he goes oh he's clearly teaching daniel some right. karate so he, he maybe he's saying something to that extent uh so friend of the show mickey mashita watched this did japanese translations and when i asked her what ichiro is saying in this she gave said back uh, uh wrote the translation down of Go back home. <laughs> really? <laughs> According to her, she watched this, and that's what she got. 
listening to the Japanese that Ichiro was saying. What the hell? She can't, she can't go back home. <laughs> but he says it with a smile, right? So is he just kind of ribbing him, like, get out of here, you. Like, I what, don't know. what are you doing know. back here? I don't even know what the context is, but, uh, you know, I didn't ask her further, you know. But I just love the idea, like, ah, ha, ha, go home. Well, yeah, get out of here. <laughs> um. This actor is uh, Arsenio Trinidad. His nickname is Sonny. So Sonny Trinidad uh, was in a bunch of TV and movies in the 80s and 90s. Uh, he, I, I do want to single out two roles that he played. Uh, first, on the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, he huh. guested in the episode called Zend Out Mario as the character Obi-Wan Cannoli. Oh, so, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> You wanted your Star Wars reference? There it is. There you go. It's another Star Wars reference. And uh, he actually does, is one of the, like, rare people that returns to another movie in the Karate Kid franchise. And he shows up in the next Karate Kid playing one of the Avid monks. Oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> so... Uh, we'll look for him in the next movie. Uh, the now, next, next movie. I say, Dad, you must be out Why don't you go back home, bud? <laughs> yeah, go back home. What are you doing up here? Uh, also, I found another potential name origin. Again, I'm just kind of Googling. I'm going, whoa, the connections. Um, so we learned about the founder of Goju Ryu is Choja Miyagi, who had a student named uh, Sekichi Toguchi. And uh, Sato uh, was originally, his character was called Sekichi. Uh, now, Sakichi founded Shorikan and trained U.S. soldiers in Okinawa, uh, which kind of parallels, you know, what Sato's advertisement is saying he, he does. Uh, now, the, the real guy, Sakichi, uh, in 1968, sent one of his students to the U.S. to establish a U.S. headquarters to start teaching uh, Shorikan and Gojiryu in the, in the United States. And that student's name was Ichiru Takahata. Hmm. So Robert Mark Hammond just looking through Japanese martial arts history and uh, saying, that oh, looks like a good character name. I'll use that. And oh, what an interesting parallel. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, so the walk and talk continues. Uh, Daniel notes, it, you know, that's a shrine. And it, he doesn't go, like, what's that? <laughs> uh and yeah, Miyagi says Shinto Shrine, and uh, Daniel remarks that it must have been tough times with all the fish gone. And Miyagi says, yeah, very tough. And he starts talking about people leaving the village, but we're going to kind of get into all that fun story on Friday's show. Uh, but uh, yeah, we should really wrap up now, but we will come back on Friday where we will be in the same place playing the same tune. Uh, so thank you so much, Jarf and Dave, for joining us tonight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, glad. You want to come back on Friday for two oh, more? Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. All right. <laughs> for sure. All right. So please, uh, everybody listening, send feedback to karatekidminute at gmail.com uh, with the uh, uh, subject line educating you, uh, which <laughs> the inboxes are always open. Please educate us. Uh, and uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Look for Karate Kid Minutes, and you're going to find us. Uh, and please, if you got uh, a minute or two, uh, give us a nice rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That'll help uh, raise some awareness of the show. And I don't know, just love 
reading nice things about myself, but um, I'm too bashful to admit it. So, uh, <laughs> and until next time. The first rule of Cry Kid Minute, you gotta listen. And the second rule, you gotta listen to rule number one.